you know your shortcomings. <laughs> I got to own it. Yeah, it's very important. So like knowing when things go live because you've got peripheral vision, like, come on, come on. This shit's like a spider sense these days. Welcome to the Dresden Files podcast. <laughs> Stole Ben's line. No, you, no, you did. Oh my goodness. Welcome yeah. to the Dresden Files podcast, the only Dresden Files podcast sponsored by the Broken Jars Network. Uh, episode something. And we've got lots of news today. 106, uh, yeah. six, according six, to Trello. Six. There we go. And uh, we are going to be talking about Warcry today, I believe. But we got tons of news about goodies and things and virtual yes. things. Thank you, Priscilla, for dropping the news the day before we recorded instead of two days after. <laughs> Yay! Now we're I don't care if it was the publisher's decision. I'm thinking for a different reason. <laughs> Much consideration, such niceness. Yes. <laughs> so much wow yeah so well, going back a news. couple of days was the badali jewelry yeah uh there's a really cool looking new pentacle for it's molly's winter lady pentacle is a really cool looking blue fire opal in it uh they got so limited run they had an issue with the demon reach pentacle that they were working on so they made this instead um but they're all real cool looking though. Uh, and if you order anything from Badali, I think you get some Dresden coloring sheets for a while because why not is fun. Um, there was a virtual convention yesterday. yesterday. Around five or seven. Okay. And uh, that might have some interesting fun things. Also, we got the battleground cover yesterday. Allegedly. Oh, you, you <laughs> doubt the cover? Yes, I doubt everything. Oh, uh of the many things he doubts, uh, he doubts the entire like drop. <laughs> so, it has got the cover, it's gotta be got real. The cover of Battleground where Harry is holding a spear and it's not Odin's spear. <laughs> Prove it. Put it out of your head, <laughs> right? He got a spearhead in the last book. He's obviously going full uh, crusader mode. Nicodemus must be shitting his pants. Oh, Nicodemus well, is smart. He's not in town when the Titans running around. Yeah. And the, uh, I mean, the other good thing is like, we're starting to see how he's using some of those weapons that he got out of the armory. Right. So if mm -hmm. that, if that is what's going on, I have to imagine since we don't see the, uh, the shroud that he's using his magic underpants. So. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So right. he's going to get multiple wives too. What? Yeah, that, that's exactly magic what underpants. Mormons. Come on. More women in his uh, life. Oh Jeez. my. Oh my. I, I mean, I had taken it that far, but I had not taken it to like, you're right. So, for all you shippers out there, the right answer for Harry was all of them. Molly, Murphy. Mav. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This works. All right. Everybody's happy. Let's go. All right. I think that was all the news, though, right? The cover is kind of like the biggest thing in my mind. Go, yes. if, you, if you can afford to do so in these uncertain times, go give Badali some money because, you know, they are also in those same times and stuff. Yes. Uh, all of the they make really cool things. They are really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, you, if you're not familiar with them, I I learned about them back when they got officially licensed to do the Lord of the Lord of the Rings jewelry. So they've been doing it for a while, and they do really good stuff. They've yeah, done some um, Iron Druid stuff. Dresden. They have uh, the Cosmere items, all of Brandon Sanderson's nice. officially licensed things, Dresden stuff. They have a whole bunch of others I didn't even recognize when I was looking at them. Uh, a lot of urban fantasy, high fantasy, uh, druidic, dwarven runes. So cool looking. Right. Okay. All right. Good times. So now we're doing War Cry. Well, you are. <laughs> okay. So I I'm in. I told you guys. I've been waiting like four years for this episode, <laughs> possibly even more. I mean, it came out in, tw in 2014, but I don't, have we been doing the podcast that long for the love of science? We've been saying five years, but 2014 was, you know, six years ago. So we I guess started, five years and some change. We started the January before your kid was born because he was born in December. Wow. Yeah, what year was I it? just, I can't remember. I was in college. It was all I remember. 2014. I'm asking his phone. Oh, it was? Mm-hmm. But so yeah, January 2014 then, because my boy was born December of, of 2015. So craziness. Um, I mean, so the director likes to go page by page and word by word. What are we doing for the comic here? Are we going to do Let's, that sort of thing or do you want well, a high level? Do a, a summary into it in case people don't know. It's between uh, Deadbeat and 
next one proven guilty <laughs> proven guilty i think yeah, it takes one. it takes specifically four months after uh deadbeat so deadbeat so, was october so this um, is february right in well, iowa because mm-hmm. iowa. which is why you wear a tank top yes hey yeah yeah i mean seriously I agree. I agree. february in iowa and not a damn person's wearing a coat dresden is and yeah and, so, he, but he's also not wearing a hat so he's He's not doing a proper job. Yeah, even I think wearing, even Ramirez is wearing a tank top, isn't he? So I, he's wearing like a normal shirt, like swashbuckler kind of shirt, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, but Yoshimo's only wearing a tank top. There's a librarian chick who dressed like a stripper. In her uh, fair, in fairness, she's literally at home. So her home is being blown up. Why is she wearing a mini skirt with a slit up to her hip? Um, yeah, Ramirez is wearing like a, a proper business shirt. He's very metrosexual in this. Yes. So um yeah, but yeah, so like anyway, so the the chick is literally at home. They're all librarian nerds, but with all the hardware they're supposedly packing, not a damn one of them is wearing tactical gear. Like Ramirez is the most tactical out of all of them, of course, because as always. Yeah. Well, no, I but I mean his his holster and the fact that he's actually wearing like BDU pants and shit like that anyway. Whereas like Dresden is Dresden, we know what to expect from him. But yeah, like the the mini skirt, the only possible thing is because she's at home. But like even like none of the other nerds are wearing anything remotely useful. So it's like, what was their game plan here? We're gonna give a bunch of nerds a bunch of hardware. The Venatori doesn't have like a tactical wing. Like, come on, man. Yeah, they don't have basic, basic like equipment to wear, like Right. They could go to a hunting yeah. store, which I guarantee you they're around in oh, Iowa. There's, yeah, there's an Army-Navy surplus almost certainly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not to mention, I mean, like, if, if they're going to talk about the hardware and, and the fact that they've got automatic weapons, like, it was too hard to get claymores. You know, you've got a big open field in front of the house. But we could we could digress into that. Uh, there's You took a, issues with their attire. I took issues with the fact... Um, what Anna was the chick's name, but the blonde, she like totally hip fires the shotgun like over a windowsill at one point. And I'm like, no, come on, you're going to bitch about the fucking, you know, skirt. But I'm like, nobody, can't, first of all, you don't ever shoot a shotgun like that in anything, but she's blind firing at impervious vampires over a windowsill from 100 yards away. Like it was all bad. So, so an artistic I, read it, I read it out of order. Oh no! Which did make things confusing, but yeah. like so, at certain points, I probably just stopped caring about the Ouch. action. Um, yeah. But now, once I realized the order they actually go in, it made a lot more sense because always Thomas just shows up out of nowhere, and he's like, "I'll explain later," and then doesn't. Never. You know? And yeah. So, so Thomas gets an excuse to not wear a coat in Iowa because he's Thomas. Right. He is wearing a gray warden's cloak, and Harry is not. Right. Because we got to set that up for two books. Mm. And then they, <laughs> they, they went running around uh, in Deadbeat to avoid Thomas meeting all the wardens for a lot of big reasons of like, they're going to immediately doubt uh, Dresden's integrity, uh, Thomas and everything, use him against him. And then he just shows up here. And yeah. Harry says, uh, I trust him with my life. We're trusting him and move on. To be fair, I mean, these are junior wardens, right? So it, yeah, it's not like wardens under his command who like him. Yeah, it's not like Morgan and Lucio. Like now, granted, any of the baby wardens should know better anyway. But I don't mm-hmm. think Dresden's nearly as worried about the baby wardens as he would be freaking Morgan. And on to the point of the baby wardens. Why does Myers look like he's twelve? Because I think he's a bit old. Has he shaved? Also, why does Myers <laughs> use the word "hoss"? That annoyed me. Yeah, but, that was well, and then Ramirez with Hefe and everything like that. It's like, okay, I, I mean, I get it, but you know. Well, I mean, but yeah, but Ramirez <laughs> has done that. Has he? Did he? Well, maybe not that word specifically, but I'm pretty right. sure he's chucked in the Latin charm here and there. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, my well, obviously Myers hasn't been on screen for more than a phone call, I think, in the actual books. Practically, yeah. Yeah, very little, so. but I got the impression he is definitely not the same character as that they put into war cry i mean he's he's the one that is so green apparently he's having the uh anxiety attack of as to how to handle combat or anything he did get um, his left arm smashed too so oh that's why you thought left instead of right probably maybe we'll blame <laughs> um, my subconscious yeah uh but then when he does do the big thing that he can do he built a fucking mountain under the house <laughs> 
because they not be able to the magic that. was inside them the whole time. I mean, you saw what Yoshima was doing. She's like, I summon a cyclone. And it's like even Dresden. She's in using Dresden spells. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What the fuck is that? And then they kill a city eater with some C4. Uh. All right, let's <laughs> let's do. We're all over the place. Maybe we should actually go in some kind of order, right? So, okay, uh, let's start in the beginning. They go over the Battle of Sicily, and Dresden says that the wardens are incorruptible. I yeah, I mean, some of that is probably just like you know the propaganda, right? Mm. But yeah, like so yeah, uh, that's Harry. You guys focus on the stupidest shit. <laughs> like, well, you've got a two-page you know, spread. Of fucking <laughs> Lucio and Morgan and Ramirez and the wardens yeah. fighting the vampires and the outsiders. You got a yeah, two minute spread and you, were, you sure. focused on the word incorruptible. Like, it stood out. Well, like, well, he, he was on the final panel, right? War Cry? It's the very uh, ending. What are you, what are you talking very, about? Doesn't the very ending tease like why the outsiders showed up? and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so. We'll yeah, that, that, was, that was directly that. paid off at the very end. At the very end. Ah, uh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but that's that's where I got hooked with Warcry, right? It's like you start out with Morgan in the streets of Sicily and yeah. you're like, oh shit. And then you turn like two or three pages and then you see like the two page battle spread and you're like, oh, holy shit. Like we get to see it. We get to yeah, see the, the Battle of Sicily. The Battle like, of Sicily part was really good looking. Like they didn't have to name any character, but I knew that was Morgan. I knew that was Lucio. That right. was well done. And I knew the baby wardens were, I guess, it's just that they don't seem like the same people that were from the books. Sure. Well, and I mean, Yoshimo a little bit. Um, yeah, I get Wild Bill. Like, I mean, again, this is this is kind of before we actually meet him. Uh, and so it's possible like his character changed or something like the the comics are in a weird kind of quasi canon state yeah. anyway, because like Butcher, you know, like ref like he writes them right, but they're not always referenced into the main story. Like there are a couple of like throwaway lines here and there and the like, like, oh, I've been to wherever this one story took place or I've been to that or whatever. The, Iowa oh never gosh. comes up. The fact that, you know, he's a starborn never once factors into the story, <laughs> you know, like I kept waiting for like, where's the Easter egg that I'm missing and stuff like that. Cause we've got, you know, five years more Dresden since the last time I read it. Um, so this one is a little rough, like, but between the battle of Sicily and the bad guy towards the end, that's what kind of like solidified this for me, especially come on compared to Google Goblin. You know, like we we did Google Goblin. It's forgettable oh, okay. because he literally goes up against a ghoul and a goblin. And you know, like one of the main takeaways there for me was like the cop who like turns into some kind of like crazy ass monster hunter at the end and just all this other stuff. But like it, it deals with a bloodline curse. Uh, oh, this is the one that, with the random genie out of nowhere. The, that was the Naga. Is that uh, what you're thinking? Oh, yeah. I think it's the same one. Because the, but there was a, an older woman with a genie from the Egypt. Oh, right. Nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Was that that one? I don't remember. I think that's the one that was dealing with the bloodline curse. Okay, then yes. Yeah, it must be. You're mm. right. Yeah, so anyway, this story is better, despite all the misgivings. It's all almost it's all action. One. You know, but it's not like, you know, compared to other things, especially like this story could have easily warranted its own book let alone doing a comic, you know? It, like, how is this not worse than what happened in Proven Guilty? <laughs> you know, like, comparatively, because Butcher always says that the books are like Harry's worst weekend. Like, how is this not comparable to, you know? I so. guess this is just one day instead of a weekend. Right. Yeah. I okay, mean, so so we get the Battle of Sicily and then for backstory. Right. And then they open uh, like an envelope of orders that they didn't get to look at before because they it's were so magically secret. encrypted. Yes, they were so secret. They're magic and something. And the blue bee beetle dies. And so they have to run for miles to Iowa. Right. Well, I mean, they're I, already I mean, they're, partially there, right? right. But they're, they're several died. miles away. And then they have to get to the house. Right. And I mean, Yoshimo's running on a broken leg, you know, like a, a sev several months healed, but still, I mean, you know. It's so. been four months. She broke her femur, I believe. Right. That's intense. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, there are a lot of things there. There were only a few things that I felt like didn't get addressed in the story, right? Like Dresden kind of like brings it up and waves it off. There are even some other writing like we kind of alluded to with like Thomas and some other things where it's like they bring it up, but sometimes they just hand wave it away anyway. But, the, you know, it's like it's like the writer slash, you know, artists and stuff were like, no, we get it, but it's a comic. We don't have time to explain what we don't have time to explain. Sure. And when in doubt, when you want to describe Eldritch Horror, just throw a bunch of mouths on it. Come on now. Come on now. What else I mean, are you going to put? They're indescribable. Don't right. try to put them in a picture. We are also fail. you're also talking about a hundred and twenty year old Eldritch horror. What was scary a hundred and twenty years ago is now like subculture for us. It so, would be unsettling, but I mean, you go from like the one the bipedal guys with the mouth on their stomach in the first two panels, and right. then you got a tongue with a bunch of mouths on it is the big thing. Right. Like, mouths are unsettling. That here, is their justification. Here's what I said in, in a similar panel at a convention once. If you are not freaked out by eldritch horrors, you don't understand them well enough. And that's probably a good thing because if you did understand them well enough, you'd be a gibbering mess, but. Yeah. Just need some TNT. Bad definition. Yeah, right. So so they run to the farmhouse because we have to get in two panels why the Blue Beetle is unreliable in Dresden, you know, mm -hmm. so. Well, there's it, also fucking four wizards sitting in it for instead of just one. True, that's fair. So yeah, they could have rented a horse and buggy, maybe. <laughs> right, that it was a good joke. So, <laughs> so... I would love to see, I would love to see the uh, the Amish adventures of Barry Dresden. <laughs> Life would probably be a bit more predictable. Like things would work right. because they wouldn't have the electricity. It would work. And they get right. to the farmhouse. And there are vampires there already. Yeah, they immediately get attacked. Yeah. So. And then there is the red shirt bad guys, a bravosa and a blonde chick. I don't even remember if she had names. I yeah, I don't think she had a name. You know. Yeah, she's just the tits info dump walking type kind of thing. <laughs> she is the one Somewhat. that bravosa talks to in order to explain, and that's it. Right. And yeah, until yeah, she gets beat up a little bit and then you know killed later. Spoilers, but red shirts. Yeah, it. Yeah, so the the opening fight was kind of fun because it's like you've got the four wizards. You kind of see them cut loose a little bit, and then like out of nowhere, the fucking Benatori kick open like every shutter on the house and just start like blasting vampires. And it's like okay, I mean that seems effective. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoshimo is screaming Ventasiklis, which is one of Harry's spells, and uh, at least with. Uh, Ramirez, he has the green goo at one point. Like so did you put it together? So Harry is fire, Yoshimo is wind, Bill is earth, and we know Ramirez is water because of Word of Jim, even though it's never been clear. The entropy magic is associated with, with the yeah, water. Yeah, I think he said Thomas. that in Q&A. And yeah. Thomas is the heart, so by their powers combined. <laughs> Captain Planet! I was going to say Ebenezer, but I like Thomas being heart. That's well, Ebenezer's better. not in this. No, I know, but I had come up with the idea of Captain Planet before Thomas showed up inexplicably, and I didn't revisit the idea. So that is that's much better. So and this is why Thomas is going to pick up Amarakis. Yes, there you go. Okay. He probably had it there the whole time, because <laughs> In, inexplicably, we yeah. <laughs> we'll get inside and I'll explain everything. Never the true sort anything. of the cross for the friends they made along the way. <laughs> well, I just want to appreciate Amarakis. The heart, love, works. Right. Yeah, yeah. Th thanks for bringing us back to that five minutes later. I just, so. <laughs> no, that was like just for real. <laughs> she just said it. So, yeah, let's see. They get attacked. They retreat inside. They meet the Venatori. They have enough time to exchange names. Uh, McGuffin gets killed, or almost killed. So, the dude's name is way too close. Come on. Like, Mc, Mc, McGucklin or something like that? Yeah. I was like, yeah, he's just McGuffin from now on. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was the uh, casualty. As soon as they opened the shutters, one of the vampires just, like, chewed on him, and so now he's dying. Right. Yeah, because they all fucking suck. They're nerds with assault weapons. They don't well, you magically don't need to become... be a nerd to when one guy jumps through a window and has your friend at knife point shoot that guy instead of letting him whirl around and throw a knife at you. 
the one dude is in a turtleneck and it's not even tactical like to the point i thought he had a bow tie but i just looked again he doesn't even have a bow tie but seriously like <laughs> my mind superimposed a bow tie oh there because there is another dude with a fucking vest and a bow tie like they're that level of nerd like you're focused on the skirt at the least skirt she's at, stupid. she's at home it's not like she's running around in the woods <laughs> Like, come on. She has guests over. Why would you wear a skirt with a slit up to They're your hip roommates. bone? Because there's house. a giant tongue monster in the basement and she got certain notions. This is like Venatory Big Brother. Come on. With man. all those mouths. <laughs> she was just like, yep, skirt. That's the way to go. That's this what I'm is just so stupid and unnecessary. Right. I mean, the the whole reason for the Venatory being there only quasi makes sense anyway, right? right? So you've got a bunch of nerds protecting this chick who is bound to a monster in the basement. You know, we're ahead of a couple panels, but that's what's going on, right? Yeah. None of them are tactically trained. None of them have tactical equipment beyond the weapons that they're, they're holding. They've got no plan for defending the place, and they're a bunch of nerds. So are we to infer that they were there studying it? Or were they there protecting it? Because neither of those things are actually happening, right? Also, like I kind of speed read through that part, but does he fucking explain how he binds it to her? No. No. Okay, Wizard. just making sure. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's just... And it had to be somebody... And it had to be somebody senior council level is kind of the inference from the story. It had to be one so. of the wizards, but I don't, I'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. We will yell a lot about that. Yeah, I wouldn't, and I and for whatever that. reason, Dresden implicates Ebenezer. Like, that's how he gets name dropped in this. Is like, well, I wonder if Ebenezer did it. Why Why between, would you wonder that? Because this is between deadbeat and proven guilty, where he's still all pissy at Ebenezer for not telling him the truth because he's a giant fuck tool with this shit. So, right. until the next book, when it gets resolved and they go have spaghetti and meatballs together, it, he's got to be. So, when Ebenezer dies in peace talks, are you going to be happy or sad? No, I'm going to be very crushed. upset. Crushed. Okay. This is a character that shouldn't die. Okay. I don't but know. You know what? I mean, if Murphy dies also. What if they die together? Like, well, here, here's the problem. What, what if he dies saving her? Murphy's like, not going to die. Yes. She's going to fucking come back. So it doesn't <laughs> right. help. But if Ebenezer sacrifices himself to save Murphy. Oh, God. So I'm not reading anymore. I'm not even reading Battleground. <laughs> So is Ebenezer the Gimli in this case, and she's Legolas? Is that what's, you know? She's fucking Gimli. I don't care what her personal effrontery <laughs> is towards it. She's no, short. I thought they established Mouse was Gimli. Right. Okay, so they get inside. Vampires start throwing rocks because all the tactical equipment they brought, that was the best they could do. And um, then they have an army of people with guns and equipment the and actual body armor. Them, you okay. know. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that you I like to rattle people by throwing rocks through windows. That, that to me, is sound strategy. <laughs> yeah. And what's the deal with it being encased in the fucking crystal? Like That's the way it's in stasis. The process that I, I know, right? So because that, that to me, is like... So when when we do when we do eventually meet the monster to just spell it out here so spoilers if you intend to read this and care about that sort of thing no. it's a, a shogath you know it's basically a giant mouth with a billion other mouths on it and it is amorphous it's it's relatively true to the story but the the original story um it gets name dropped a couple of times in some other hp lovecraft stuff but um the mountains of madness is the main <laughs> focus story where it comes from and it's eyes in that story like I get it, it has a, it can do appendages, it can do whatever it wants. But in this one, the horror of it is like when it eats you, it apparently takes your your anger in your mouth. <laughs> so that's what it keeps. But it's like encased in a giant crystal, kind of like you would expect out of Demon Reach, you know. So I was like, ah, uh, it'd be cool if we got something nodding to that. I don't know. The impression I got when I read at Mountains of Madness was that the Shogoth, as crazy and uh, disturbing as it is, was still humanoid shaped like oh no no like gorilla ish uh so this seemed really it's larger bizarre. than a locomotive in the description like sure i am not saying it's not like huge it's like you know ursial kind of no. weird yeah mm. it's it, it was always i mean i can let me see because the wikipedia had the had the description so okay i'm gonna continue on uh they're in a house and they're getting rocked and uh like the library has all the books drawn across it and they're trying to protect everything yeah. uh bill Myers it's out a window shapeless so just saying mm. okay yeah um and then meyer has a, a 
a rock thrown at his hand, and that's how it gets broken, and he needs to bandage up. Yeah. Right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I think Ramirez went uh, skulking around the house, and then he comes back to Dresden of, like, you need to see this. Right. But that might I skipped be... the whole Myers thing. That's what happened. Uh, there oh, was, was some weird plotting. showdown between Dresden and Brabosa <laughs> right. that was just like, we're going to insult each other, and if you give us what you want, we won't kill you, but we'll kill everyone else. Right. You know, the, the normal things. They got a parlay because you know every every well that's why he's Barbosa, not Bravosa. I don't give a shit what anybody says. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, so it was like, you know, parlay. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, Ramirez finds it, then they go down to the dungeon. That... Yeah, so Ramirez managed to find it in the basement, and then when he's taking Dresden, the librarian with the skirt comes up and says, No, you can't go. It's we already we already found it. And right. do you really think you're gonna be able to stop them? Yeah, we're right. we're past this this point. Yeah. And they go down to a basement that cannot possibly be attached to that house because that is <laughs> industrial factory like basement. It is huge. And for no reason. For yeah, absolutely no reason. Uh, then, it was made to house a shogoth that nobody knew was coming. Right. It's got like it's got a tanker in there for some reason. And there's like I mean the industrial ventilation, fine, but it's not like the shogoth needs mm. to breathe. So why bother? You know, it, why is it not just a hole that they've dug and put a monster in? Why is it yeah. like, yeah, a warehouse? I mean, there was a quarry like hundred <laughs> feet away, right? <sighs> Which doesn't come up until the end, right? Like, I don't think there's even like a picture of the no, outside no, of the house it. that. Oh, do they? Yeah, okay. it's like when you're looking at the house, like there's a field on the behind it, and then there's a quarry in front of it, and there's this like huge basement underneath this normal size okay, farmhouse. Okay, I do house. see the quarry, yeah. But I, I don't think they mention it either for tactical advantage or negative one way or the other. They just, right. It's there. They yep. they do show the vampires clambering over it at one point, but you're just supposed to ignore it like I did, apparently. So, Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's easy. I can, I can ignore everything in this comic. <laughs> After I, they... I told you what the two big takeaways are. We'll revisit that. So Tongue mouth. Tongue mouth. Okay, you got a weird fetish, but you know if you're into it, I didn't I'm not draw it. Judge, I but mean, but you're into it, so that's it. Doesn't matter. I didn't draw it either. Okay. After they they reveal the monster in the basement, she tells a story of there's a dude in a hood that binds it to her, and she says, "No, don't do it to me." And then he walks away, and she has to deal with a monster. Darth Tyrannus. He just shows up, and he says, "We need two million clones," and they're like, "Why?" And he's like, "My work here is done," and leaves. Sorry, I got very Star Wars vibes from the whole like there's a secret wizard running around like it's obviously Black Council like but still they so, don't do so anything. Why did he assume it's someone on the, the White Council and why did he not assume Cal? Right. Cuz I even in my notes when I first read it I was like is is this Cal and then like at the end we find out it isn't. Assume, I, no, assumedly. There's, there's no but, proof of that either. But there's no other reason for that dude to be in the comic then. <laughs> it so. is a tall dude in a coat there is no explanation as to who it is and then when they reveal the other bad guy he doesn't really look the same proportions i sure yeah mm-hmm. that's that's not exactly the most inconsistent thing in this comic so let's no let's go mm-hmm. but <laughs> the next know, panels are gold though this like, dude really looks like cal sure i mean he's swimming in a vortex of of death uh, which next panels were gold? The one with the giant flashback to like yes. ancient Sumeria? Yes, for no reason. Like, <laughs> you know, because you need to understand. So Shogoths in the Dresden Files, apparently, they're like in the Mountains of Madness, they were mostly uh, like non-intelligent. They were just organic machines. Originally, no. I'm, I'm going all the way back to like the Elder Things created them to be glorified sweeper bots organic things that they manipulated through hip, hypnotic suggestion, which seems to be as much as gets carried over for the Dresden Files. Then, to take it up a notch, the Shogoths in this one are, they eat sentient life. So they they just ignore everything else. Everything else is in the way, which an argument could be made for that in the original anyway. And then they just eat things, and they're basically like an outsider weapon of mass destruction. And so you get this this flashback to one of the Acadians. Oh, Hammurabi. 
Yes. Because Babylon they named the king was Hammurabi. Yes. Yeah. So the, one of the Akkadians pleading to Hammurabi to listen to him. And it's like, you guys have been kicking our ass for like years. What is wrong with you? And he's like, well, I'm the last one and there's no time to explain and we've got to run. And then they're like, what the hell is that sound? And they go outside and he's like, so we're fucked. I told you we had no time to explain. We needed to run. And this thing is literally like the size of their entire country just like destroying everything and so i'm like okay i mean because this entire comic we don't explain anything how did they stop it like because mm -hmm. the sumerians also were before the white council right so potentially know. yeah i mean i think what they said though is that someone had summoned it so they had some kind of practitioner that sure. could accidentally pull it through and maybe they could send it back but I'm just saying, like, the Merlin didn't show up to stop it because, you know, this yeah. is even before his time. So maybe it, it burned to death in the sun. I, I, Which fire hurts it. Yes, fire bad. You just set a big fucking fire around it. Right. I know. I, uh, in my notes, I did mention how convenient conventional weapons are for this sort of thing. <laughs> so quarry yeah. weapons. No, because, uh. I mean, they held it off for several minutes with flamethrowers. So. You know. Also, that's a that seemed like an inordinate amount of. I mean, granted, I don't really know shit about shit about quarries. That seems like an inordinate amount of C four for a quarry that, that just left around for yeah. Thomas to run around and find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Venatori had been planning for this, but they couldn't set up booby traps for the vampires. <laughs> They've been planning for or, it. Yeah, they quarry, but they didn't know what they were planning for. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so after the flashback, there's more fighting. Um, right. I think this is where Thomas finally shows up because it has this all is lost feeling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because first we have the wizards go on the offensive because they realize they can't really stay where they are because they're fucked because there's an elder thing in the basement. And then after some of the panels of fighting, there's a green beret that like sneaks into the house to kill all the Venatori. And so, pretty much and, does because they're all just, fucking useless. Right, and just the one guy. They're nerds for the last time. Which I one of you nerds is going to cover my six when, when the vampires you have a attack? Gun trained on someone whose back is to you. You don't. It doesn't matter what your profession is. You simply shoot them and don't allow them to turn around and throw a knife at you. But she was going to hit Anna. Come on now. Who cares? Anna was like standing already. I think she's like the only one who lives, or something. Yeah, uh, the hot blonde is the towards one towards the end. I mean, I think I think two or three of them made it, but yeah, like because the green beret kills at least two of them here. Yeah, if not the, three. The so, well, the the one is the chick, the one that doesn't pull the trigger when she was supposed to. Yeah, That's... but she's old, so she's not attractive. Oh my goodness, <laughs> no skirt for you. And then, this like two panels like later, after out of the skirt, this is stupid. Yeah, two two panels later, after he takes um, what's her face, Taylor. And Anna, uh, so Catherine Taylor, Taylor is her last name in this case, and then Anna's the blonde chick. They go downstairs. That's when MacGuffin attacks and sort of frees them. And then that's when the mysterious cloaked figure in the woods starts killing people. And I totally, because it's inexplicable, like I did not remember it being Thomas. So I'm like, oh my God, who could it be? And then like, yeah, spoiler alerts, it's Thomas for some reason has a warden yeah. cloak. He, he borrowed Harry's cloak, I guess. Yes. You know, borrowed Harry's cloak. So. Because Harry left it at home because, you know, he doesn't yeah, wear the uniform. He, he's on official warden business and he's not wearing it. But Thomas the White Court Vampire is. And I trust him with my life. Just go with it. Right. Even yeah. though they spent... Thomas is wearing your underwear. Maybe there's a conflict of interest here, you know, so. Yeah. It's uh, and then they fight more vampires because reasons. Yeah. There's kind of that cool comic book thing of uh, the blonde vampire info dump tits that she just gets the like knife through her skull right. and out, coming out of her mouth. That was kind of Thomasy. Uh, okay. And then, then then they fight Barbarossa. Didn't he have like just like a standard knife? He didn't even he didn't have a cavalry. He's got. He didn't, he didn't have his his cookery. cookery. Yeah. yeah. Or is it is just kind of like oh. a, a straight blade, and then it like changes. No, this is Ramirez. Never mind. So, because mm -hmm. Ramirez actually has his rapier. I mean, he's basically got the same kind of knife as. Um, it looks kind Wild of like a, a straight razor barber thing, to me. That's what it looks well, like. I mean, when he's slashing it, they do that like you know, distorted vision of it every once in a while. Yeah, it it does change because, you know, it in a couple of places it has like. 
it has the curve on the front end, but this other one panel makes it look like a wakizashi. So, you know, because like the whole thing is curved. Like it, the back is very clearly straight in one of these scenes and then in another one it's curved. So whatever, but it is definitely not a kukri because I think they actually like drew his kukris in, in one of the panels. Cause like in between, so the copy that I have is like the hard cover where it's all bound together. And in a couple of these, they have like additional art in mm. other, you know, so. Yeah. Um, so there, Thomas is there and Harry, I think they all retreat, retreat into the house. And then they realize <laughs> that Yoshimo and Ramirez did not come with. And so right. they're outside surrounded by vampires trying to survive. This is also the place where like, he's like, Thomas, how did you get here? And he's like, I don't have time to explain. Let's get in the house. And then never explains it. He so. did say something about, uh, because to uh, Bravosa of Thomas trailed wizards and not Bravosa. Oh yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Be because they live together. He just followed Harry. Which uh. he does a lot. Right. Because mm -hmm. yeah. he, he follows Harry, it's in his character. He does it several books. He usually also keeps a distance from the White Council. Uh, Bravosa has half his face blown off and he gets to look all monstrous now. The kid would have liked this one. Yeah, no, he he was watching up until he got blasted in the face and then that was like, I need to focus and, you know, so it, it was, yeah, it was, he got that far at least. So it was like, yeah, some of this I'm just trying to like read and like push on because, you know, he's Right when, now he looks that. like a vampire. Right, exactly. Yeah, he, he gets the monsters. He's definitely on a zombie kick right now, so. Yeah. Um, so now Thomas gets brought up to speed as that there's a Shogoth in the uh, tiny farmhouse. And he's like, why is there a Shogoth in the basement? And I'm like, why does Thomas know what a Shogoth is? <laughs> like, Why does he know that makes sense? Because he's a, a true Venator? Well, I was going to say, he that makes but, sense for Thomas to know. He's yeah. All right, one. all right. But, I guess that's fair. But why shouldn't Dresden have asked that? that? <laughs> like... Because Dresden doesn't know that he's a true Venator. But with well, Lovecraft yeah. things, anyone can learn it by just going reading Lovecraft. It's That's not a high barrier of entry. That's why they published the Necronomicon. Does Thomas look like the guy who is running around reading a bunch of eldritch lore? Thomas is the guy who will surprise he's... you that he's not just an ambulatory penis. See, this is why I'm surprised. <laughs> I mean, he's old enough. He knows shit. Right. He drinks and he knows things. And then we get to a two-page panel of him like kicking Susan into the the vampire pit. And yeah, I, I enjoyed. Here's that. his backstory. Right. Here's why we're brothers. <laughs> yeah, right. I uh, cursed your girlfriend into being a vampire. This is why we're brothers. Right. But I tried to make it up for you by like helping Susan save you and the vampire. Duel. If it wasn't for Thomas, the red cord would still be here. So I got to say, all in all. So really, Thomas is the one that took out the whole red court. Without him, the red court doesn't die. Nice. Meh. Okay. Yeah. Save the world. Yay, backstory. Whatever happens on these other panels, yeah. more talking. And now the, uh, oh. The Thomas says, the white court is sending a full cadre of soldiers to take the monster, I guess, to, to help Bravosa, because the white court and the red coat are wor working together but Thomas isn't, and the White Council and Cal is not. The motivations of any of the bad guys in this do not really make sense. The Red Court want to see the weapon unleashed one way or another, is what I gather. Like, they yeah. would prefer to take control of it, but, you know, like, at one point he says it doesn't... Well, okay, so spoilers, right? So, but it, when it gets unleashed later, because, of course, it's Chekhov's gun in this comic, so it's going to get unleashed... Um, when it gets unleashed, he's like, I don't really care if it gets loose and destroys half of the continent because we'll just eat the other half, you know, so. Hmm. It, for whatever reason, they, they seem to know the Shogoth is there and they're after it, but they also don't seem to be all that worked up when it gets loose, or at least he doesn't. His people are like, are you guys fucking crazy? But he's like, dude, I planned for this. Like, come yeah. on. At one earlier thing, he had a, a quote to the blonde vampire of like, we are immortal. You only die if you're stupid. And he's sending waves of vampires right. to be cannon fodder. It's like, yeah. you die if you're like cannon fodder. You live if you're lucky. Right. And I that definitely crossed my mind. Like I was trying to reconcile that too, especially with the, the background knowledge that like these are the from dusk till dawn type of vampires too, right? So because that's what from dusk till dawn is a lot of as well. It's just 
waves of cloying vampires and shit getting blasted by these people stuck in a bar. And it's like, yeah, okay. So, I mean, it thematically fits from the original, but like from the vampire perspective, like you would expect it to be a little bit more like um, underworld, right? Where they become the decadent elfish types where it's like, I'm just going to piss off for a few millennia because I can, you know, because yeah. if, as long as I'm not stupid and go get shot, I'll well, be there. Their upper echelon certainly does that. Right, exactly. And so, yeah. like, the younger ones probably, like, go kill the mortals because they should be able to win. And if they don't, they're definitely going to get killed by their superiors, you know? But he also brought enough cannon fodder. He knew that he would need that much cannon fodder right. to have against the wizards. It's just... And... Yeah. I mean, their I mean, explanation could also be of, like, these are the ones that haven't handled the blood craze, just like what you see in Changes, the first wave of cannon fodder that Harry, like, disintegrates. That crossed my mind, too. But, like, a lot of those are older vampires, right? Like, yeah, they, they lost control of their addiction. Right. And none of them have flesh masks, so maybe that is the case, you know, is he he did yep. straight up bring them. Uh, you know. Yeah, I guess so. But some they of them... could have done other things with them, damn it. Right, and some of them do have intelligence enough, like they respond to like some of the tactics and they question orders and stuff. So it, they're probably just not in flesh masks because you know they're on the offensive and they're in the middle of nowhere, and you know it's, it's easy to yeah. tell who the bad guys are at that point. But like a lot of a lot of the comic comes down to because the artist, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's visually appealing and stuff, not necessarily because it's like consistent. So, all right. So when they see the uh, white court soldiers that Lara is for some reason expending in this stupid way, which she wouldn't support because she's a Venator, Myers says something of like, they have humans, we can't kill them. No, you can't kill them with magic. You're a warden. You should know this. He, God, he just, they kind of broke him. Oh, I don't remember. Did they say Lara specifically sent them? No, white court, but I mean, who Right, because at this point... Big Daddy Wraith is still in charge. I th I think they did mention oh. no because oh, yeah the time no. because the uh, because the blood rights is when she took over and I'm pretty sure oh yeah Barbarossa says something like oh, I don't yeah, right. I don't care who your sister yeah we were thinking White Knight so um, but yeah if Thomas is exiled then Lara's in charge right. And and he does call him the exile. Well, then that I mean I guess that you it makes sense that she if she knows is a shogoth then she could do the end around of we're gonna play nice and look like we're supporting you but actually I'm fucking taking control of an outsider and getting rid of it and getting hundreds of like mortal soldiers ganked for no reason. So. Yeah, they don't care. All right, I mean compared she, to like the entire better. continent, then you know. So, yeah. but Lara I mean, yes, uses her especially people it's not her people so. Well, even even her mortal security, she takes better care of. That's better, what, but you know. in by comparison, if it's if I need meat suits, you're not sending. I, it's not like she took She's care not of sending them. the sisters. She sent yeah, she sent them to die for the sisters to survive. So and Thomas, Fair. which she she does still care about her brother, right? And she sent the soldiers that are very trained against her brother, knowing that he would do that. Well, did she know he was going to be there? Probably. I well, think the idea of she's playing and both Venator. sides, right? Because she's she's his contact. So spoilers for for backup if you haven't read that. You know, like she. So the the true Venator operate in cells of like two people, and she is Thomas's contact. So he like he and her are the only two that he knows exists, even though there is supposedly this huge. Yeah. organization that he works the for and everything. Venatory but. Umbrorum that the librarians are a part of or the kind of fake face yeah. of it so that the true Venators cannot know each other and not know each other's secrets because they want to forget all of the monsters into non-existence. Right. And in, in backup, he has a conversation with Bob about how it's like people take the name to mean uh, hunters of the shadows, but it's probably more correct the other way that they're the shadows of the hunters so the true Venatori are the actual hunters, whereas like the Venatori Umbrorum are, you know, the shadow puppet, cat's paw, something, you know, which is such a white court thing to do, so. Mm -hmm. Very in their schema. Yeah. So then Harry releases the Kraken, which is apparently all the mm -hmm. explanation that's warranted. Yeah. Like, so 
it doesn't get loose. He doesn't say, hey, why don't you go push some buttons or focus or whatever. It's, he just says, release the Kraken and it escapes. Not like the woman uh, dies and her dies. Right. Is it? Yeah, because that's what I remembered. <laughs> so. so Myers is having his crisis of like, what the hell can I do? Oh, I'm going to build a fucking mountain underneath the house. And you don't see the disaster of what happens to this gigantic abasement. That is not the thing that lets the Shogoth loose. Right. It's Harry saying, release the Kraken. Right. He should not have been able to do that mountain. Earth magic, magic. is heavy. Earth magic. magic is heavy. Magic. But he's really good at it, like better than Morgan good. Better than yeah. Ebenezer? Clearly not. <laughs> like he is in the comic because they drew him that way, But he's not actually. This guy's a fuck. He's basically fucking Toph in this book. He's an earthbender. Yeah, that's fair. Is, like they established that Toph is capable of that. Well, yeah, but that's my point. They, they turned him into... No, he hurt his hand, and really then he built a mountain. Idea. Right. Because, because as long as you draw deep and you get really mad about it, you can do cyclones, mountains, and, you know, just shoot green shit because Ramirez never gets angry enough, apparently. So Also, I mean, I don't... They didn't draw him with his gauntlet, right? Who? Ramirez. Uh, that's, that's how he does the green shit is through his gauntlets. I don't think so. Unless... Yeah, I, don't, I don't think there was a gauntlet. Hmm. His gauntlet, he has these like, there are these entropy gauntlets that shoot that green goo. That's how he uses it. I don't think he, it's not really like it, that's his focus for it, right? I do, I do think release the kraken is a very hairy thing to do and say at least. Sure, that's, I mean that's not sure. the problem. It's just I, the yeah, he does the, not have a gauntlet on. What just feeding you pants and grenades. One of the reasons it might not work is because it's it's working from the uh, this kind of third person omniscient perspective when all the novels are from the first person. So you're switching back and forth between things Harry can't possibly see or know, and then it's going back and forth. So I think it's a visual. You know, you won't really do it, and then the next thing is just in uh, the, the comedy shot of the shot. Of yeah, I mean. Constantly. But Harry saying release the Kraken does not cause it to happen. The woman that it's bound to does not want it to get released because she's terrified of what it'll do to civilization. So sure. what it actually needed to it... happen? It needed to happen. Because also, they get off really fucking easy with the supposed mind bending horror that it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was thinking a lot of that too. Like he at least talks about mm -hmm. it and then like it almost takes Harry, which is also kind of important and a, a natural place to be like, right. oh, by the way, I'm, I'm starborn or the fact that I literally have a sitting freaking angel in my head and I know that now and I've yeah, been using hellfire in any way. Right, exactly. Like she doesn't so much as like, Harry, are you motherfucking kidding me? That's a goddamn shogun. <laughs> like we were created hellfire. by the white god to fight those things, you know, like anything. So yeah. using hellfire against the thing that apparently right. is vulnerable to fire, it was a very obvious thing to do, and he didn't do it, and Lash doesn't right. exist, even though she does. Right. I was yeah, I was taking it back. I had to I had to think back through like the wait a minute, because he's he's got his gloved hand, right? So it, like they clearly kept the continuity that he'd been burned. Yeah. But I'm like, point, he's using a lot of fire, but then I'm like, oh well, he kind he does use hellfire against cowl. Um yeah. at one point know, he had so. a conversation with Meyer of uh like basically calm down, you have to pull power in, it's gonna hurt your broken left hand. Right. Even though they don't establish in the books that drawing in the power hurts a damaged left hand, it's just the hand is damaged. It hurts. Right. They they took something uh, in the laws of how he said it's supposed to work and made that a little bit too literal. Same thing with uh, they they have humans, therefore we can't kill them. That's not. The and the more law. I think about it with Lash, now they wasted the opportunity to have her break him out of the illusion, and right. yeah, maybe exactly. like tempt him to use the hellfire and then like he's in the quarry and he could do this giant fucking thing now right yeah they should have yeah there are some things that are surprisingly you know like some little nibbling details that are surprisingly good brought forward and stuff but then there are some big gaps right like the last year one was definitely one of the whole like wait a minute you know like he knows now and he's actively using her you know mm -hmm. um it's not as well established by now as it would be, you know, in the in the next two books. But even still, yeah, just. Well, I, I, considering considering how much explanation they had to give Tom, of Thomas's backstory, or, I really think that if 
it would have been either a continuity first or supporting cast first. And I think this comic was all about getting the wardens, showing the wardens and having a warden story. That's what the sure. emphasis on here is with a little bit of Thomas thrown in. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, who's, whose name's on the cover though? Like, is it, is there Yoshimo and, you know, Bill and, no, it's the Dresden Files, man. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, that adding, adding Lash to that mix would have been much. You would have had to have Lash in there from the ground up. But I don't right. think that's a story that wanted to be told. That's wanted, sure. He wanted to have some excuse to get wardens together in a house in a zombie movie kind of setup. For pop up when she, when he first sees the show ghost and get a rundown on what the fucking thing is. Maybe she could describe the stupid uh, Babylon mm-hmm. story. Exactly. That's true. Like that having been, her do the. Great. That's really yeah. good. But, yeah. but then who's she? Who's she? Then you have another spread explaining who she is. Um, that's that's okay. you, you could end the the what was it? When did they? When did he actually look at the show ghost for the third? Uh, yeah, yeah. that's it somebody write this down we're gonna ask jim the next interview like dude why is last shield not in this comic seriously you wrote this so in order to show that uh just being near the shogoth when it's active and not encased in crystal kind of fucks with everyone's uh, mentality the two surviving women start fighting each other wow you, did, you definitely have yes it's just, it's like, okay, so there's real fight uh, and like people with flamethrowers and armor and, and then a cat fight on the side. It's right. Yeah, also, I, like, I, I do. The one that I care about, I do not care about the women. I do dig the Starship Troopers coming out of nowhere. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. Don't care about the women director. And, right. But I guess it does show Thomas being able to uh, seduce the hot one, hot blonde one, I guess, or both. John. He talks to her about controlling her feelings. It's mm-hmm. not his fault that he's got sexy waves just spreading out everywhere so it works though i mean they established that all the way in grave peril and then the last time he ever used that handily (laughs) (laughs) and then yuki totally summons a cyclone and freezes it to death oh wait no then they run out there and for some reason dresden gets affected but nobody else does uh yeah like the guy with the the guy with the built-in natural immunity to right right yeah. Outsider he, influence. He sees Justin DeMorne and almost kills Thomas, but Thomas's total faith that Harry's not about to choke him out is what finally breaks him out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he can see Thomas's total faith, even though he just thought it was DeMorne. Right, right. It's like, what? I mean, you, you know the guy is dead, or you think the guy is dead. So you see, you, you seen an image of him is enough to like go Eldritch into... horror. Incomprehensible horror, man. Oh, no, don't even. Non-Euclidean it's a, geometry. It's a tongue with a bunch of mouths and he gets over it by looking deeply into his brother's eyes. And wouldn't you, if you look deeply into Thomas's eyes, you'd get over a couple things too, I bet. <laughs> He's director not has no chance. I mean, yeah. No, like... Yeah, the director, Ben, they're going down. <laughs> I mean, Ben's in California. He's halfway there anyway, so. Well, Thomas could use some sun. <laughs> Warren looks like Dave Bautista. Right. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I just wrote that off as like, this is the scary childhood version of yeah, Warren, I know. Where it's like, it's just... he's bigger in, in real life or whatever, you know. But then Harry outruns a Shogoth that can like, you know, Okay. Chase so everybody in They send the baby wardens and the surviving librarians off to, to safety. And Thomas they is gonna hunters. deal with Thomas is gonna deal with uh, the quarry and explosives, and Harry's gonna lure it to the explosives. Right. Because he's got the brigade, the biggest brain left right. still there. Well he, he insults it by calling it a 50 sci-fi monster, and clearly it takes umbrage to that. <laughs> right. And, and by the way, I don't see any C4 in any of these pictures. Nope. Yeah. Not till the end. Loads, loads of TNT and barrels of supposedly explosive things because, you know, that's a thing. And, and then it turns into bricks. Where, where does it turn into bricks? Towards the end, the last few, I think, right before it explodes, aren't they bricks? They nah. C4 looking. Nah. There's still stacks of TNT, like comically like Acme TNT <laughs> stacks, like, you know, so... Because like even up to the explosion, I don't see anything, and then and then you know Thomas and, and Dresden rib each other. But yeah, that so like that was that was a great takeaway too, right? So we've got a hundred dudes with flamethrowers from the future, 
you know, Starship Trooper style, they can hold it at bay for several minutes. They mention it like at least twice in the dialogue. And then, you know, TNT is all it took to bring it down. And I'm like, well, why didn't the ancient Sumerians just think of that? You know, so like, I just like, I, no, no, you know, it, I'm going to laugh if, if Harry just starts plugging the corner hounds. He's like, oh my God, they're susceptible to my, my 45. This is great. Well, why were we afraid of this? Why did the angels just use TNT the whole time? So. The angels don't need TNT. They just need to think about a thing blowing up and it blows up. Right. And then what they camp. The and cannon fodder, did they get eaten or did they run away? Theoretically, yes. they all got eaten. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that was a little vague. Uh, and then do you didn't see them getting crushed by the mouths? Maybe I don't remember. Who pays attention? But there is a <laughs> a fight with Dresden and Bravosa because something has to deal with the red shirt, and oh, that right. something is the Shogoth because they were fighting and his foot got latched onto it and he got eaten. Ooh. At least that was. Done. And it almost happened to Dresden too, but he got his shoe out. Thank God yeah, for that. Yeah, he's just running around in the quarry barefoot on one foot. Yeah. Which is the smarter it, thing to do when it's a Shogoth, but it, it's... It's also a very Dresden thing to do, so... Yeah, I can see that. And then they're just running down the quarry, and there's a tractor and, what, giant diesel something? And there's some more running, and there's an explosion. Somehow, Thomas and Harry get away from the explosion that's big enough to kill the Shogoth. Well, they were outside the blast radius. And and the I think the Very thing to time. take away here is that it only eats sentient creatures, but boy, is that dynamite tasty <laughs> for some reason. So, because like the picture shows it like enveloping it and then exploding. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they should have jumped into the Never Never to make it more realistic if they were running away from the explosion. That makes a lot more sense. Why don't you know, if, it's enough, if it's good enough for a nuke when Morgan does it? Yeah. Right. It's good enough for whatever that was. Right. And then at and then the end, end, we have the secret reveal of the guy who was behind it the whole time. Ugh. It was Peabody for some reason. So Yeah. And, I mean, for and some he's, so, he's so much more badass in this than he gets described in my mind. Like, he, he's yeah. like the weaselly little nerd in, in Turncoat. But in this yeah, one, he's like a like total this, German yeah. badass. They like, turn him into like this bearded office sitting... Right. Yeah. Like, he's got his own office. He's a secretary, man. He's the... <laughs> With his name on the door in gold. Right. He he has an office, but like I took it as more like a file room, right? Like it, because he goes in there right. and he's got all these files and shit. This well, one is, is more that, like that's how Harry describes it as like a big ass fucking right. filing cabinet. And this one is like he's the CEO of the White Council, you know. Like, well, yeah. he, he looks he looks like the dad from uh Evangelion instead of like, yeah. like droopy dog. Yeah. yeah. Instead of uh, boring and you can ignore him, he looks intimidating and you have to look at him. Right. Well, he's alone, alone, so it's okay. Right. Yeah. Maybe this is his, maybe this is Peabody Senior. Like on his rotary. That's who Cowl is. Cowl is Peabody's dad. That makes sense. So you're talking to Mister Peabody, whereas like you know Junior Peabody was that little squirt that Dresden. You know. He's yeah. also really fucking confident about the fact that well yeah this city ending terror we got bloody more right we'll get another one yeah yeah so he says the shogoth would have been ideal for our purposes and it obviously eh. doesn't describe what that is uh, but like and who is he talking to uh if peabody wanted to get the shogoth to say the red court so that they can do outsidery shit like they have been doing why didn't he just give it to them directly? Why did he have to attach it to a librarian in Iowa? Mortal. And and then how did how did the, the wizards of mortal keep it attached to yourself? No, that's crazy. That's literally the definition of crazy. It's an eldritch horror. It didn't drive <laughs> them insane until it got loose. Yeah. Don't and, ask too many questions. Yes. We don't have time to explain what we don't have time to explain. Why would I do that? Yeah. I yeah it's so like I said this to me was a big deal for two big takeaways right 
the Battle of Sicily, we actually get to see it instead of just get described with, oh my God, there were hundreds of wardens and thousands of vampires and how cool would that have been to see? We actually get to see it. We get to see Morgan. Yeah, get to see Morgan's not a big, tall black guy. I'm sorry, people who watch the show, like, you know. Uh, and then the, the fact that it, because it's a Shogoth is firmly in H.P. Lovecraft's realm. So name drops to the Necronomicon and Corner Hounds and other things like that are not just like cutesy tie-ins, like, H.P. Lovecraft is going to be a cornerstone of this, in my opinion. Like, it's just going to get more, which we now know five freaking years later that it's going to come back in peace talks. You know, this, I'm pretty sure this either came out before or just after Cold Days. So we didn't even, we never got to see an outsider. Like, you might be able to say the ghouls that he fought, you know, in the deeps were kind of, but um, they might have just been like, you know, outsider adjacent, whereas like well, in cold gets, days, uh, he absorbs an outsider or he channels an outsider or whatever. Yeah, he's clearly yeah, but it's still bonus. it's yeah. it. There weren't nearly enough mouths, so how would you have known? Because he was in a human host or a white court host. That's why I'm just saying there weren't enough mouths. So now so, it's starting to kick up, and you know that's where it feeds a lot of my headcanon that you know this is going. Is that you know it's team reality versus outsiders. So their motivations in this skerfuffle does not make sense. Nobody's motivation in any of this. It's like <laughs> elaborate because I mean, so you know it's their a talk motivation show. in cold days makes sense. They want to destroy Demon Reach because that would cause a whole bunch of shit, and it's then they would break. have, and then they would have Maeve uh, infected as the queen of uh, winter instead of just the lady, like, they would get a whole bunch of shit out of cold days. That is an example of like, her motivations make sense. But in this one, it's Peabody, maybe Cowl. Cowl looks right, but why Peabody? Uh, attaching it to some unknown person in Iowa, then sending people to try to get it, apparently, because white court, right. uh, or white council, and white court, and red court, is just... <laughs> don't make sense the, the attaching thing doesn't make sense especially without it requiring like the sacrifice to let it free you know right. like the fact that she lives to the end kind of derails a lot of that yeah. it does, so, it's not drawing energy off her it's right. not life force it's not it's basically can release it. you can ignore it yeah you could you could easily ignore it other than the fact that oh the black council did it we had to have a reason for that to be a thing so Iowa kind of makes sense because it's the middle effing nowhere in the continental U.S. And you well, know, it had it's, to be drivable from Chicago. That too, but you know, also it's kind of centrally located to eat everything. So, well, that's a th I mean, if it, it would be one thing if it was like this particular, I don't know, chapter had been guarding this thing for fucking fifty years, passed right. down from child to child of the the head of the chapter, and it was this blood ritual that kept it. And now everybody fucking that would knows be it's there so much better. To get it. <laughs> this is why you should be a beta reader. You could have put these things out there. I don't even know if they get in the comics, but still. I like, certainly hope. Yeah. <laughs> because then I'm gonna have to have a certain talking to to some people. <laughs> well, I, I do think I do think this is one of the this is the comic that really nails the art style at least as, right. as far as positives go. I think the art style is fairly consistent. It's much more attractive than some of the other stuff that like. The early adaptations of Stormfront and I mean, Welcome to the Jungle was kind of oh, the really early comics were really rough. This is at least a and, lot. Yeah, a the lot com better. the comics are still not completely right. amazing, but this is the best of the ones that I've read and possibly the best of them overall. Like, yeah. I think part of it it helps that it is just action the entire time, whereas like, yeah, Ghoul Goblin really is. It's a Dresden story, but it's it's not especially great for a couple of reasons. You know, you get some world building, you get the detective stuff, you get the whatever. This is a completely different kind of story, but obviously for the last hour, you've heard us expound on some of the, the holes in it and things like that. You know, but if you want to see four wizards throw down and then Thomas show up and summon Captain Planet, then you know it, it's really good. It's very pretty to look at. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, the, the characters uh, did look like exactly who I thought they would be. So it's right. like you can look at them and recognize them. That was really well done on the artist's hand. It's just especially Harry. Harry real. I, I really, they really nailed Harry. I think. Right. He's a little too commanding for me in this one you know like i know he's playing the part and stuff but he's you know he's like he's chiseled and just you know everything which i mean i guess he's been running for a while by now and stuff but he just yeah yeah he hasn't gone through the ghost story cold days uh boot camp yet right exactly 
it, so, so yeah um i mean but like I, I read them out of order so i went from one to three and thomas was there it's like why is he there <laughs> it, it only him. slightly makes more sense if you go in order <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like i could recognize him I was just staring at it for a minute of like why is he here <laughs> right but uh, have you done dogman yet because no. that, as far as i, I know that might be the best of them all that's the only one i haven't read yeah, that's the one I haven't read. And they're supposed to be a, a decent, like, not Easter egg, but a decent tie-in from there. So I need to read it, but. I should probably at some point, right? Uh, yeah. Next time on the Dresden Files podcast. <laughs> Join us five on. years from now oh. when we finally read the next comic. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I think we need a break. Let's let's start throwing down about mantles, maybe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> let's do something soft to like time travel shenanigans. Yes. So, yeah. Oof. And who gives birth to who in the Dresden Files? Oh. Yeah, you're welcome for that. I worked it in slow for you, so. So Ben, take us out. Okay, this has been the Dresden Files podcast. Oh no, it's Yeah, she she oh, disconnected. Oh, crap. Oh. <laughs> he gets to be the host because of that. <laughs> I, don't I don't even know how this stuff fits. Oh, my God. Uh, this <laughs> They've gone plaid. Podcast, I guess. All right. Here's absent. Uh, I'll plug our shit. We've only got podcasts. one thing left. Uh, what, what is the, do we even have DMs Anonymous yet? Or what is it? Uh, I don't know. Well, the only person who was on it, it wasn't on today. Oh, well, what else do we have to plug? We can plug. Uh, there was a very nice uh, shout out from another channel. Totally unrelated oh. to Dresden Files. His name oh, okay. uh, Thor Skywalker. He's all Star Wars stuff. Oh, he nice, gave us nice. a shout out. So go watch hey, him. Nice, nice, nice. Go watch him. And uh, maybe Daniel Green even. But then back episodes of stuff. And high fantasy hiatus. And uh, uh, humor sending, I guess. Do we just end the meeting now? Do you have an end of the meeting button? I, I do. I guess I could just press then the button. click the oh, end of the button. I should press the button. Is that here? You do what yeah, you want. End recording anyway. Oh, how do I end recording? Oh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, we're professionals, uh, so we're totally going to cut this part out, you know. So. We're really not. <laughs> <laughs>